0: Hey, good evening. Uh, Welcome to Bright Lights, uh, our podcast each week, each Wednesday at 7 p.m., where we bring you movers and shakers, uh, great achievers, and let them share with you uh, their approach to life, uh, their philosophies, their attitude, how they overcame obstacles uh, to achieve. uh, Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, Our young people hear enough about all the obstacles in life and and how the bad history and everything else and and how unfair the world is. Well, we are the exact opposite. I'm here to say to you that regardless of all that, you can be whoever you want to be. And we're here to show you how and we're here to give you some positive uh, information. Uh, to uh, attack the world and get where you want to go. And I think I'm halfway good at that because uh, that's the way I was raised. And I just want to uh, pass it on what people passed on to me. And it just, just gave me an attitude and outlook on life where I just believe I could do anything I wanted to do. And uh, that opinion has not changed because we are in a great country. Uh, I think we're in the greatest country on earth. And uh, I start with that attitude and, Uh, I can honestly say in my life, uh, if I didn't achieve something I set out to achieve, it was my fault. I didn't do the right things, and I want everybody else to know that. And, hey, look, we're also here to help you avoid some of the mistakes that I've made. But, you know, sometimes wisdom, uh, mistakes, and learning through error or trial and error is part of the wisdom. So uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, I met... A lot of people, not not a lot, a few people in life, just first time you meet them, they just have a great spirit. Uh, I told you about my dad, I told you about my grandson. Uh, Here locally, I think about people like uh, Dr. Teresa Foster, who's the education uh, director at Hospitality House and just people with just great spirits. So I say that to say this, uh, I'm very excited about our guest this afternoon. Uh, Senator Rudy Boschwitz and his wife, Ellen. And so we're going to be talking to them this evening uh, very shortly here. And I'm just excited about them and uh, their spirit. Uh, first time I met uh, Senator Boschwitz and his wife, Ellen, uh, I just felt some good things coming from them. You could tell that they were patient and they were willing to help and their uh, servants and help people. And even at this stage, uh, they are still carrying that on that tradition. So we'll talk to them here shortly. Um, I know I'm to start off about talking about something that happened during the week. Uh, this was the week of the Olympics, and I just love the Olympics. Uh, it's one place where people put all their differences aside, uh, all their pettiness, all the, the marching, disagreeing with each other, and would just come together. And they uh, play for their country. And just to see uh, all of the uh, athletes from all over the world and uh, dripping their country flag around them. And it's just the unity and the peacefulness and the joy that the Olympics represent that has really caught my attention. Uh, I have to say now, I was very disappointed because I got to know, uh, what's her name? Shikari Richardson, the 100-meter uh, uh, sprinter. And I became a big fan of hers. And some of you may know she was disqualified uh, from participating in the Olympics because she tested positive uh, for, I think it was for marijuana. And, you know, her mom had just died and everything in the Olympics. didn't care about that. And, you know, I'm one, uh, I believe in the principle of laws and rules and regulations. And so even though I didn't like seeing her eliminated. I understood. She knew what the rules were and she disobeyed the rules. And there's normal consequences uh, for that. So, uh, you know, I, I tell everybody it's easy to be principled when your principles support what you want. The challenge of being principled is that if it gives you a result that you don't want, but you're still standing on principles. So I didn't want to see her uh, out of the Olympics, but uh, once again, uh, she knew the rules. And as my eighth grade science teacher, Mr. Bamford, used to always say, he had two sayings. One was, uh, lost time is never found. And the other one was, forewarning is fair place. I, I heard his voice ringing in my ear uh, when she didn't make the Olympics. Uh, here locally, uh, Suni Lee, one of our Uh, latest from the Hmong community, she won gold in gymnastics, and I got quite a few friends in the Hmong community, and I'm going to see, can I get uh, Miss Lee on my broadcast? Uh, We saw uh, Simone Biles, uh, the greatest uh, gymnast of all times. Uh, She struggled a little bit. Uh, She had to take some time off, and I kind of understand that also. Uh, she just need to. I mean, sometimes people do things because they love doing it. They want to achieve in it. And the fame that comes with it is not something they counted on and just dealing with that. And as she said, uh, was quoted as saying she she was doing it for her and she found out that she really was not. And once again, uh, that's the challenge, because once you become famous, you, know, you can get caught up in what other people want you to do and what other people want you to be and lose yourself. So it was great to see her recalibrate there. Uh, the p- surprise, I guess, of the Olympics uh, was the Italian uh, male that won the 100-meter. And for the first time, since I can remember, uh, someone from uh, our country, America or Jamaica, uh, didn't win that particular competition, which uh, defined the fa- uh, fastest man on earth. And then our basketball team, both men and women, they are doing well. The men had a few hiccups during the tr- trial, but looked like they corrected the ship. And I think the last I saw... Uh, America had 79 medals all together total, and uh, I think China has 70, so we're still out there uh, kicking butt for the free world, representing the free world. So I feel good about that. So that's my week. That was the highlight of my week. Uh, of course, I you know, always see my grandson. Uh, uh, it will always be a part of that, and I make sure I don't have any week where I don't see him. So that was always, you can count on that one. So having said that having talked about the olympics let's and get down to some business tonight and i'm going to bring on my guest, uh senator rudy Perp- uh, uh, rudy boschwitz and his wife ellen uh good evening senator boschwitz how are you doing okay We're doing good okay and good evening ellen how are you doing
1: I'm doing well,
0: thank you. Okay, and uh, you heard me talking about it. Uh, I met, uh, and I think the first time I, I uh, heard of Ellen was, I saw, I was at a luncheon with Senator Boschwitz, and uh, she was somewhere doing some yoga, a yoga class or something. Do I remember that correctly? Ellen, you're still into yoga and things like that. Uh, why don't you remind me uh, your uh, connection with yoga before we get started here? Well, uh, I
1: do it. I try to do it every day. It's a very important part of my life, not just the, well, the exercise of course is good, but the spiritual and the the personal growth, the spiritual growth um, is really the most important. And I feel that it's affected my life in a good way um, and uh, made me more patient, more tolerant, and also um, understanding you know, that this is a journey, but what we're on, and we're always learning. And we shouldn't, today the teacher said, well, you should, your past mistakes are your past mistakes, and you shouldn't, you know, berate yourself for that, but you should keep walking forward and try to be a better person, or, you know, and try to bring out the best in yourself, which is already within you. So, so- that's-
0: <laughs> so, Ella, uh is it ever too late uh, for someone like me <laughs> to start yoga? Uh, uh, will I ever get to the point where I'm good at it, even though my muscles and things aren't what they used to be? Uh, am I to assume that yoga would help uh, with all that good stuff? And
1: Definitely. Yes, for sure. Okay. It would help you but be, gain okay. flexibility. Absolutely. But anybody at any age can do it. You know, you don't have to do hot yoga or try to get your leg around your head, but what do what you can do and just enjoy it.
0: Okay. Well, Senator Boschwitz, uh, I think uh, you were born in, uh, I think Berlin, is that correct? And moved yes. yes. So why don't you give us a little background of your family and how do you ended up here in Minnesota? And then of course, I'm gonna ask the, 64, the first $64,000 question. Uh, how did you and Ellen meet? Oh, so tell, me, tell me a little bit about <laughs> how oh. you got here, and to, pa- to Minnesota.
2: Our parents uh, knew one another. And, oh. uh, and uh, my father said, you ought to go over and meet Ellen Loewenstein. And so I did. And uh, I drove him up to Lake Placid, New York, where he stayed for the summer. And uh, he wanted me to stay with him because my mom had already passed. And, and uh, I said, well, I have to go. I just had graduated from law school. And I said, well, I have to go to work, the way you've been suggesting for some time. And he thought, I, I can stay with you for two weeks, I said. Well, he thought he'd introduce me to a young woman. And he did. And I stayed all summer and I proposed to Ellen at
0: the end of the summer. Uh, tell our audience uh, how long uh, you and Senator Boscher's been married, Ellen.
1: Oh, 65 years.
0: Whoa. And, <laughs> and, and uh, I don't know, either one of you or both of you can take this one. If you hadn't had to name uh, two or three things that's the secret to uh, longevity, In marriage, well, basically boils down to uh, 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 meeting your wedding vows and the commitment you made uh, to definitely do your part. What's the? Give me, give us two or three little secrets you have, and if you got different secrets, uh, I'll take both of your set of secrets. Well, Uh, go ahead.
2: I do the dishes, and and uh, you know I fix coffee for Ellen in the morning, and uh, I'm part of the action at home
0: ah okay I, I think you have it right because my wife and i we've been together over 40 years we've been married over 34 years and 40, i think you're 40
2: right. you're on your way
0: yeah me and my wife been together 40 years and i think you're right and i tell everybody uh, it makes me a better man it makes every man a better man if you can there's certain characters you need for a successful marriage that we all we all of us men need to learn that we don't know it and so i really appreciate that now I mentioned earlier that you were born. Where were you born at, Ellen? By the way, well, are you a Minnesotan?
1: No, I actually was born in Switzerland and grew up in uh, the, in the New York area.
0: Oh, okay. I, I grew up in New York as well. So now, did you meet each other in New York, New York, or did you meet each other here in Minnesota? No, no, in upstate New York. Upstate, upstate? New York. Like, okay. 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 And Senator Boschowitz, uh What made you and Ellen move to Minnesota?
2: Well, uh, I wanted to start my own business and uh, Minneapolis and Minnesota were uh, just all, all the right things were up here. And uh, so that we came and started our business uh, now, uh, almost 60 years ago.
0: Yeah. And for those in our audience uh, too young to remember, and I was explaining this to the Senator uh, when we talked earlier this week, uh, my first recognition of him was when he was doing the commercial for Plywood, Minnesota. And that's a business that you started. And just give us a quick idea of what made you decide to go into the Plywood, Minnesota business and what drove that decision?
2: Well, my my brother, married also an immigrant from Europe, and her father was in the plywood business in Poland. And when he came to the United States, my brother's quite a bit older than I am. When he came to the United States, uh, uh, he started all over again. And my brother married his daughter. And so, and then my brother started, I was a young lawyer. My brother started to talked to me about coming and working in Wisconsin, where he had a plywood factory. And that brought us from New York to Wisconsin. And we lived in a small town there and from New York to Oshkosh. And then we decided we wanted to be on our own and we moved to Minnesota and I became my brother's best customer.
0: Oh, okay. That's a great story. Uh, Ellen, did you play any part in the startup or the running of Plywood Minnesota?
1: Well, not in the startup, but later on um, I I was quite involved in the business. Yes, I was.
0: Now, uh, I've met two types of uh, couples who work together. Uh, one who says that they have fun all day long and everything, and then the other one says it's kind of challenging. Which one uh, was it for you, Ellen? Because you're there together all day working together, and was that challenging at all for you?
1: Um, no, because um, I started. Well, I started working um, before Rudy was in the Senate, and then continued while he was in the Senate. So I really worked with my sons, and so it was. And I got along fine with them. And so. Um, <laughs> So it wasn't really a problem. No,
2: it you know, not every moment is wonderful, but uh,
0: it
1: works.
0: Yeah, no, it was good. Okay. Excellent. And and Senator Boschewicz, you were one of the first business owner to be your own upfront ad person. What went into that decision? Why didn't you hire some professional? And how did you decide that I'm going to do this myself?
2: Well... My advertising people said that people like to do business with other people and that, that so you get on the television and, and uh, so they feel that they are doing business with the owner. And that's what started it. And, and that worked very well. And I liked it and people liked it as well.
0: So I do have to do some due diligence uh, on my guests before I have them on, of course. And I learned something new about you, Senator. Uh, what is this about selling flavored milk at the state mm-hmm. fair? I hear I hear you are fairly famous for that. So fill us in on that, and if it was a family affair, uh, Ellen, you jump in and add your uh, perspective, also. So tell us about that. We, Senator.
2: we you know the farmers were always uh, complaining that they weren't getting enough money uh, for their milk. And I said, well, uh, advertise so that you can bring in some new business. I said, if they can put a little flavoring in sparkling water and call it Coca-Cola, let's put a little flavoring into milk. And that's what started that. And in order to let the farmers know that it really uh, should work, I started the milk house at the state fair, which was very nice. It was 12, very long, 10, 12 hour days, but it was, I got, you, you get to ma- meet people. They don't come to a Senator's office
0: so much, but you got,
2: they come to the state fair.
0: Okay. So once again, Ellen, did you play a role in that? Were you there by your side of your husband uh, 12 hours a day and,
1: no, I don't not every day, but I, I I was out there. Yeah, it was fun. And we okay. had great a, a great staff and people that that volunteered so and everybody had a good time. Except I have to say that Rudy after 12 days of standing outside shaking people's hands, he always got a cold. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it 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 was it was a good thing. I had an, a staff person there, a caseworker we got a lot of you know people have complaints people have problems with the government, and uh, they they will come and tell you about it at the state fair and that was a large part of that of that whole thing and we we picked up a lot of casework and got a lot of things done for people because of that
1: and we had they had great caseworkers and the, the people were people that were with us were wonderful
0: wow. so. so- Senator, you have this uh, business going on, and uh, you're a very popular, well-known uh, pitch man, and something got into you that says, I'm going to go into politics. What was all that about, and what what, what motivated you uh, to go into politics and run for U.S. Senate?
2: Well, Lacey, uh, I, I should ask you that question. <laughs> 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 but... but, but uh, it was not part of the plan. Uh, you know, I came to this country as a little boy and I watched my dad uh, struggle when he came to this co- country and I just wanted to succeed and help my parents and, uh, help my family. Uh, but, uh, I gave money. i I've always been a Republican and I gave money to the Republican party. So, uh, uh they, they knew, I was a Republican, and they knew that I, my face was on TV, and they came around and recruited me, and I like politics. I like right. people.
0: Right, right, right. And uh, Ellen, when he came to you and said they've been trying to get me to run for Senate, uh, mm-hmm. Ellen, what, uh, what do you think? And what did you say uh, if you're allowed to repeat it exactly on a <laughs> <the> podcast? But <laughs> uh, no. what was your what was your response to that?
1: Well, I guess we talked about it and um, I was uh, lu- kind of lukewarm, but I said, you know, this is something you really want to do and you'll never, if you, if you don't do it, you'll always regret it. And so I think you should do it.
2: When I talked to my father about it, he, would, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't like politics. He said, stick to business.
0: But you decided to go anyway, and did yeah. you? I'm assuming that you haven't looked back with any regrets, no. uh, because you got quite a bit done. And speaking of your politics, you were in—I think you were, in the, you were in the United States Senate during the uh, administration of Reagan and Bush. Do I recall that correctly?
2: Carter, Reagan, and, and
0: Bush, Bush the father. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, senior. Bush, okay, good. Now you also you achieved quite a bit. Can you give us? A, are you allowed to give us any like inside stories about uh, times you spent with uh, either uh, President Reagan or President Bush or both? You got any uh, little story you want to share with our audience on that?
2: Well, uh, I was all eight years of Reagan, and I was there, and I was in the leadership of the Republican Caucus. And uh, uh, Bob Dole was the leader, but there were four or five others of us who had special jobs. And so we got to see Reagan. Every three weeks, we would get to see Reagan. He would always open with a joke, and he always had his jelly beans there. And when you talked about issues, uh, if if you talked about foreign affairs, if you talked about the fence, if you talked about the budget, If you talked about the Russians, uh, he was very much involved, but uh, he wasn't so involved if I wanted to talk about milk, for instance, about the farmers, that that, uh, then he would eat his jelly beans. Mm. (laughs) 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 As we talked beforehand, the Senate was a little bit different in those days when, when we got elected, we went to Washington, we took our family, we bought a house, and, and almost all the other senators, unless they lived very nearby, uh, did the same. So that now uh, the senators and the congressmen, they don't buy a house, they don't bring their family to Washington. And that's part of the reason there's, there's not as much cooperation as there was in our day.
0: Yeah, we talked about it. Like I say, I remember uh, Tip O'Neill and President Reagan working together. I remember uh, President uh, Clinton and uh, Newt Gingrich working together on some things. And actually, to be honest with you, uh, I'm old enough. uh, I never thought I'd see the type of divisions uh, that we're seeing today. Uh, I think I'm hoping we're gonna turn the corner on that. Uh, even when we had drastically different political opinions, people worked together and I think part of what you're saying where you knew each other, I mean, it's hard to dislike someone you, you know and I think uh, and I think you, you hit it know,
2: on you know his wife or she you know he, husband and so forth. It's like with Newt, Newt and uh, Clinton got along pretty well. And together, they had five consecutive years where they had a budget surplus. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that, boy, that was the greatest.
0: Yeah. So, Ellen, give me an idea uh, how it was to be uh, a, a senator's wife uh, in Washington D.C. and that whole culture there, and uh, how you related to the other wives and things like that. How was the, I wasn't living in Washington, D.C., for the wife of a senator.
1: Well, the senator, the member, as soon as you get there, he's gone or she's gone, and they're consumed by the the office. It's almost 24-7, so you have to find your your way, Um, and the Senate... um, offers opportunities for the wives and there are a lot of um, organizations and clubs and there used to be um, uh, a red cross i don't know if it still exists where the senate wives would meet um, once a week and they would um knit or sew or whatever and that was more productive during the war years but during that it was kind of just a social um group and um then we would host the First Lady at the Senate, and then she would reciprocate and have a beautiful luncheon at the White House. So so that was,
0: yeah. I have to ask uh, you, Senator Bosher, it's, uh what uh, consumed most of your time when you were in the Senate? Uh, was it just uh, issues coming up, just working issues? I know you had, had a staff, but. Give me an idea, give our audience an idea of, you know, a typical day if there's such a thing in the life of a senator. Uh,
2: lots of meetings, lots of uh, Minnesotans coming down and wanting to talk to their senator. Uh, we, of course, had the session, too, on the Senate floor, and we had votes. Uh, it was busy, as Ellen said, uh, uh, it was a very very busy lifestyle but 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 you had a sense of uh, accomplishment and and uh, so that uh, it it was worth doing i liked my my
0: years in washington did you have a particular uh, political hero or someone you lo- looked up to before you uh, decided to go into politics yourself. And before you answer that, I have to say mine was, I like Lincoln because I studied uh, a civil war uh, and JFK uh, when I was growing up. So did you have, who was your uh, well, Lincoln or JFK uh, before you got into the- into I, vote, I, I voted for him
2: uh, in 1960. As those were the early, my earliest vote was 1952. And I voted for Eisenhower and i voted for eisenhower for a second term and then uh, i voted for uh, jfk okay and he was he was an inspirational figure just as you said
0: yes and i tell people you know every presidential election i i try to go about things logically i set out, out my top issues that i'm going to vote on uh, and just said FYI, the number one issue normally every year during the pre- is, is government reform. Number two is war and peace. Number three is the economy. And number four are the people in America who are struggling the most. And so those were the top four things that normally influence uh, 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 who I vote for. And speaking of that. Uh, still, so, the uh, still,
2: still the same issues.
0: Still the same issue. Yes, yes, yes. And that's where I was going. And you mentioned earlier uh, that during the uh, Clinton years, I think you mentioned, you had a balanced budget each year. And I think we were in pretty good shape when Clinton left office, if I recall correctly. Go ahead, Senator. Well, Clinton was in eight years.
2: Uh, Four of them were balanced budget. And I think the first year of W's term, all five of them may have been in the Clinton time.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one of the issues, and we know that well, first of all, I think they said they uh, made the Senate a deliberative body, so you couldn't pass things a lot, and that it, it's 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 the brakes on bad bills. But where I'm getting to, Senator, one of the issues that's always bugged me, and you got different philosophy on it, is our national debt. And during my lifetime, I've seen it uh, blow up to. I think right now we're looking at thirty trillion dollars. Should the average citizen be as concerned about that as I am? And especially when I hear how much, when you divide it up per American, how much money that is. Uh, what's what's your thought on the current uh, national debt uh, at thirty trillion dollars and rising? And should we, as citizen, uh, someday uh, worry about paying the price for that?
2: Well. <clears throat> It's like uh, your life and my life. Uh, if you get too much debt, you're in trouble. And there's no, no really no different. The government cannot get so much debt. Uh, interest rates, if interest rates rise
0: on $30 trillion, yes, uh,
2: suddenly we're going to have much larger debt just paying the interest.
0: Yeah, and I don't think the average taxpayer realized how much of each of their tax dollar go towards just paying the interest on the debt, yeah. and that's not even paying it down. But let's let's talk about something a little bit more uh, joy enjoyable here. Uh, you've uh, I saw where you were involved in uh, airlift of uh, Jewish uh, citizen from Ethiopia. I know you were some part of the United Nations Commission on Human Rights. Tell us about some of you, uh, those activities and what you're most proud of uh, well, uh, in your political service.
2: huh. President Bush asked me to go to Ethiopia and negotiate the exit from Ethiopia of the Black Jews of Ethiopia. And the Blacks had only been taken off the African continent twice. For a better life, and the first time was Operation Operation Moses, when George H. W. Bush uh, negotiated the exit five or six thousand Jews, uh, all blacks, to go to Israel, and uh, then I I negotiated Operation Solomon, where fourteen and a half thousand black Jews went to Israel, and now they're Hundred thousand, hundred and twenty thousand black Jews in, in in Israel. You know, uh, I'd like to come back to something you said very early on. You talked about the United States as being a great nation, and and uh, it is, and you can do what you want to do, and there's uh, lots of opportunity here, and that 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 young people should think that they work hard and if they learn and, and get themselves educated, they too can make a success for themselves and their family and also for the entire community.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned why, because I, I was telling my engineer here earlier, I'm really a private person, but I thought that there were certain messages that our young people needed to hear. I thought there were certain um, course corrections we needed to make to solve these issues because I'm a problem solver. And so uh, business development, I think, is one thing. Free enterprise, the competition, and prepare uh, our community for that competition, global competition even now. Uh, Just education, quality education, I'm pretty uh, experienced and knowledgeable in that. And there's a certain portion of our population where it's always going to be a challenge. I want to make sure that that happens. And we've touched on uh, the family's part of it. Uh, that's why it's so wonderful to have uh, a husband and wife on because really when you get down to it, uh, that's probably the fundamentals of it. I just remember Jackie Kennedy on NASA's talking about if you fail at family, nothing else really matters. And so I'm trying to get uh, people to focus on family and put our children first. even if, I tell the, even if the country put our children first. I think we adults will stop a lot of bickering. If we just focus on our children and, and think about what's good for them. And just like in your private life, when children hear adults bickering, that is not good. And we're setting such a bad example for our children on that. And we're creating many in that. But the other thing is just the faith. And I know we talked about that a little bit. I, I grew up a Southern Baptist, but I tell everyone when I look over my life, the optimism, uh, the drive, uh, the confidence, it all comes from. Uh, my roots in and faith and going to church and the lessons that people taught me so we're on the same page there uh so when we look that's that's been a lot going on here locally uh Senator Bashawis and and Ellen uh especially in the twin cities in Minneapolis and I'm just disappointed in a lot of things with this direction that the city is going how do you how do you, you got any input on the current state of the city of Minneapolis with the defund the police and all those, and uh, people have been upfront crazy ideas like that. Uh,
2: I don't like people with crazy ideas. Um, and and uh, uh, I have a great respect for the police. Uh, they, of course, make mistakes, uh, but they uh, they assure that uh, there'll be peace. And I hope that a peaceful return in, totally for the Twin Cities. It it was that way when we got here. It was just one of the things that brought us to Minnesota Mm -hmm. is its excellent reputation of living a good life. And I trust all of that will be returned to to Minnesota. I gather that it's going to take a little while. We've had a tough, tough year, tough year and a half in uh, Minnesota and uh, everybody in the nation knows uh, that we had a tough year and a half and some bad things happened. Well, each one of us has to try and bring that back into focus and good things should happen again. Good things like things that brought us here to
0: Minnesota. Yeah, I like that. And I like the fact that you said each one of us have to. And I tell everyone, whatever the issue is, and I guess that's the reason one of the reasons I've been married so long too i I always ask myself, what can I do about it before I look somewhere else for other people whether for the world to change? I look first and foremost, and I guess as Michael Jackson say at the man in the mirror, so uh we're together on that just quickly here uh what do you see as the uh some of the major issues uh, follow, uh facing our country uh Senator Boshewitz and Ellen well
2: you you uh, mentioned one of the prime issues and that is the debt Uh, somehow they uh, the government has to keep it spending just the way every family does the government has to do it keep it spending within its income Uh, that's a very large issue Um, then you know i'm like reagan Uh, it's a big world America should be the leader of that world. Uh, as you heard me speak up in Brainerd. Uh, I think that the United States is a magnificent country, and we should be leaders, and we will be leaders again in this century, if we don't spend, don't think you can spend your way to prosperity, and and uh, because uh, you got to pay for things.
0: Yes. And what would you say, though? I mean, there are a lot of young people out there and some old uh, where they've just been fed the idea that America is not a good place to be, not a good place to grow a family. And, uh, and and some of them look around at their lives and they're not successful and they tend to be able to believe it. What would you say to those, uh, uh, well, for the, our situation, those young people out there? who are so critical that they think we should even get rid of free enterprise capitalism. What do you just say to people in the audience like that, Senator Bosch? Well, uh,
2: as you know, uh, I spoke about capitalism. It's the most productive economic system that's ever been devised. And young people should say, I'm going to get my place in that. I'm going to get my share. And in order to do that, you got to get yourself educated. You can't fool around with uh, gangs or with guns or you have to obey the law and uh, for young women they they shouldn't uh, have babies before they're married
0: yeah and that's consistent with what i'm saying too because i just think especially in uh, my community i'm saying to our men that we need to marry the mothers of our children a big believer in two-parent families i think that makes a big difference so we're talking things like that uh but Uh, I'm trying to say it with a little understanding and empathy of how we got here, but we need to challenge people, and I'm a big believer in uh, self-accountability and responsibility, and I'm pointing to everybody, and like I say, I'm not holding anyone else to any different standard to myself first and foremost, I ask what can I do and what I need to be doing different to help resolve this issue. So this has been very good. I know uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, just a couple of quick things to wrap up. Uh, the state of Minnesota well let's let's get the, uh, Ella's uh, view of where do you think we are right now, Ella, and where are we going and and uh, what what should the citizen of Minnesota be looking to do about our future? Tell him, Mom.
1: (laughs) Right away. No, I guess I've been thinking about it a lot, especially what's been happening in Minneapolis, and um, it's a huge tragedy. And um, one of the, I guess I'm being a mom. I look at the kids, and I, and of course mothers, and I think about the education, and it has to start somewhere. And one of the places to start is to get better schools and um, teach the children. I mean, what they're being taught in the schools now is just not gonna help them create a future for themselves. And so I think it starts even in kindergarten to just get the kids so they know how to read and they're, the kids are the future. Yes. And if we fail the kids, then we don't have a future. And I, I believe in the young people I, I see a lot of bad stuff, but I also see a lot of great kids. Um, and so I have, I have faith in their optimism, their energy. If
2: you, if you, if you deal with young people- They're
1: wonderful.
2: Yeah, so, they, they restore your faith.
1: They do, but in the, but the education, especially in the inner city, um, I think that if it's the family and the education are where I would start if I could do anything. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we did not talk about your children and grandchildren. How many children do you have and how many grandchildren uh, do you have?
1: Well, we have four, we had four sons. Unfortunately, our oldest passed away almost three years ago from cancer. So we have three and we have seven grandchildren.
0: Oh, that's such a blessing. And yeah, I I guess the important question of the night, Senator Boschwitz, is uh, who's responsible for supper this evening? Who's, who's for supper? Who's, uh, who's for dinner? Who's for dinner? My, fa-
1: my favorite thing is oh. when he asks what's for dinner. I say reservations, and so <laughs> <our houses. laughs> so we're gonna go. Well, <laughs> Wednesday night is
0: our sushi night, so we're gonna, uh-huh. go,
2: we're gonna go and have sushi.
0: Well, I'm not going to delay you any longer from your sushi, but I really enjoy uh, our talk this evening. I want to have you back also. Uh, one evening and delve in some more things, but I really appreciate it you taking out time to uh, share some thoughts uh, with our audience. And uh, once again, I'll end it by saying, and I say this to my audience, uh, in person uh, Senator Boschwitz and Ellen has such great spirits as far as patient and helpfulness and want to serve people. And we really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully we'll get back to a time in America where uh, the politicians uh, will be setting good examples for us again. Any parting shots either one of you have before we go for our audience?
2: Don't lose faith in the United States of America. It is, as you said, uh, the greatest. Really, is the greatest country in the world. When you see how many people are trying to get in here, yes, there's the reason. Yes, And it is a wonderful country, and the opportunities, don't let anybody talk you to you and say there are no opportunities because you're black or you're this or you're that. Uh, opportunities abound. And, and get yourself educated, and you'll be fine.
0: We appreciate that very positive message, but I'll be remiss. And like I say, I've been married over 34 years, so I'm going to let Ellen have the last word because that's <laughs> Any last words from you uh Ella?
1: I do agree with my husband he, he's he's right, but I also enjoyed very much being on this show with you and um, I really enjoyed meeting you up in Brainerd. I liked your speech there, so I was you, very, you. I was very honored to be asked to be on this program with you. Thank you.
0: okay, and you. I'm honored to have you. go ahead Senator you you gave a hell of a speech up there in Brainerd. <laughs> I was thinking about your motivation all along. So thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you again. And I am going to have you on the podcast again and delve into a certain issue. Enjoy, enjoy your sushi tonight. And uh, we will talk fairly soon, Senator and Ellen. Thank you very much for being on Bright Lights. Thanks. Thank you. And good thank night. Thank you very much. Good night. Much.